Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, guys, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paul Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Salutations to everybody. So glad to be here. You're just getting shorter and shorter on the intro, man. That's it. I'm just trying to be short with y'all since people have problems. It's our podcast. We do what we want, but <laughs> we got to listen to the people one day. See, now I'm doing it. I yes, <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, <laughs> By becoming upset, I'm now doing the very thing they told me to not do. So I'm going right, to listen me... to your listeners. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So uh, as always, guys, you know, we like to bring y'all special guests. This week, again, is no exception. We are joined by Dr. Remyo. Doc, talk to us. How you feeling? Thank you so much for joining us. What's going on? I'm good. Thanks for having me, y'all. I'm just here living on the streets. <laughs> working every day that's it that's about it the american dream somebody's gonna hear that they're gonna be like the streets <laughs> what's going on it's not that kind of podcast guys <laughs> what's happening on this episode today it's, it's it's all about fun no but seriously he <laughs> just got back from work actually took the dogs out so that's why you heard them all riled up earlier but good okay, okay. thanks for having us of course, we like to we like to be respectful of our guest time. So let's just dive right into it. First thing we always like to ask is why. So why PT? Why not something else? So I come from a Nigerian background, and we all know the three things that you need to go into: <laughs> engineering, doctor, lawyer. So went down the line of doctors and decided PT was the best fit for my personality. Uh, my older sister's a medical doctor. My other sister is a pharmacist. My brother, pseudo black sheep, because he went into community psychology, but he does have his PhD. And I decided to do the physical therapy. So have a doctor in physical therapy. Oh, I was just going to say, so y'all got a whole family of just success on success. We're not even five minutes in and she's already flexing on us. I didn't even flex. That's just it was how the family rolled. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, though. It's just a family full of doctors. That's right. That's what we're doing. That's literally what we're doing. It is what it is. Actually, yo, let me let me ask you a question. This is going to be a little different from how we usually start the podcast. So far, listeners, forgive me. But actually, before you even go into like, you know, YPT, I, I need to ask you, just growing up in, in uh, that kind of household, because I'm very familiar to it. 
And I, I know some of those, you know, expectations that, that we have, and maybe they're not even communicated for different things. So um, what was it like kind of growing up knowing that that expectation that was placed on you and then the expectation you placed on yourself? How did it play into you even choosing PT? I must get it done, basically. The environment was fine because I guess it, it wasn't difficult to get through school. That really wasn't wasn't an issue. Nobody had to bang anybody upside the head about, all right, how, how do your grades look? You know, that just wasn't the, it just wasn't it. Learning was pretty much joyful, knowledgeable. Knowledge got us to get out and do stuff. You know, we were, we were still poor back in the day. So <laughs> reading books, uh, learning about different, you know, scientific methods and stuff like that just got us out the house and, and able to explore in our own way, you know, without having to use as much money because everybody's looking for a summer camp uh, at the end of the day. Because if you're not in a summer camp, you in the house cleaning. And now nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so get out there and read and play some sports if you, if you can get away with it. But other than that, just, just get into the books because it's, it's a way to get away. But how did it play into me getting the PT? Like I said, PT fit me just because of what it all entails. Community building, even if it's just like individual community building. How I run my clinic is more community building as far as like everybody comes in hey, this is, this is y'all's place as well. I'm just here to direct and make better music by composing which way, which movements that you should move into manually or, or, or verbally. And then it just works. So that's the T with that. So I want to go ahead and let's just, let's hop right into this because I mean, you got the shirt on, so I got to ask. Mm-hmm. NABPT, talk to us about that because that's a, this is a, a a new organization, yeah. Like this is, it is pretty recent that it was founded and everything. So talk to us about how you got involved in that and and what was that experience like? You know, helping build that. It was hard. That's number one. <laughs> but no, it it actually started a while ago. Twenty thirteen, I graduated from school. Um, I was with a classmate of mine, which we both co-founded the association deandrea book she and i just had a conversation we were like all right you know we know we need to get into our career but at the end of the day we we know when we looked around in our classroom and saw those 10 individuals because there were 10 of us that were black descent african african diaspora descent we all looked at each other like they might have made a mistake as we were at a PWI, that's not known to have such a high class of Black people in in a 60, was it like 63, 65 of us in one class. To us, it was unheard of, especially after the years after that, it was either, it was less than five, came down to one, one Black person in each class. So for the most part, we wanted to gather an organization that looked at the whole person holistically as a Black person, what it means to be black in in the world honestly because you you can't just say the u.s you have to say the world and what does that mean meaning either mentally uh physically financially career driven where do you want to go um investments uh how do we want to navigate that in the black community um because us being i guess perceived as better educated and quotations i am putting that up by the way (laughs) if you can't see me how can we help our how can we help our community out that's how, that's how we 
we ran with it. So both of us co-founded. I'm the president, sitting president now. Um, she's the VP. And like I said, it's a nonprofit organization. We're just looking to help in any way we can. Let me uh, follow that up by asking, even with the representation that comes from it, right? What would you say has been the most challenging? And this is not like one of those cliche, like, what's the hardest thing? No, like what's been the most challenging part of having to show up on a consistent basis in spite of like any adversity you might face? I would say specifically right now, no, we have to show up in ways when clear we're all going through healing from what's going on in, in the world, um, what we're seeing on an everyday basis. Um, I think it's heightened now because of COVID, because we all know this, this happens on a every week, everyday basis, and we live it, but now we're being asked about it from our oppressors. So it's become a little bit problematic in trying to navigate pushing through, but making sure we show up for, for our members, making sure we show up for our partners, if we have them, making sure, should we show up for ourselves and, and showing up for ourselves doesn't mean, you know, we're out publicizing stuff like that. It's checking in with ourselves uh, mentally and making sure we're okay to go about our day and doing whatever that, that entails or whatever that means to, to have that moment to basically, walk in peace <laughs> through, through the storm. I think that it's so critical to be able to have the ability to have that honest dialect with yourself to realize you can't pour from an empty cup. And so y'all are able to kind of take a step back, especially when, you know, things are going on like they have been going on as of recently. And as you said, for us, it's like, it's just another day in the neighborhood, you know, but because of us being quarantined and not having the freedoms that we once had, it is more heightened, you know, because it's, it's in your face when you can't, when you can't go anywhere, but see the TV and be on social media, you can't ignore it. I mean, you can, because people have ignored it for years on years on years, but I think that it's so important that you were able to, as a leader, take a step back and say, okay, I have to take care of me as well. And so I want to ask you from a standpoint of being, being the head of this organization, you know, and, and, and having to worry about not only yourself, but having to worry about your members and having to worry about your colleagues what are the ways that you help yourself stay, stay centered? And when you're feeling depleted, how do you kind of find that energy source to get you what you need to push through? Well, to, to stay centered, I know the root of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that in itself is moving enough for me. And when I do get depleted, that's, that's very few and far between, let me say that, uh, when I do get depleted. It doesn't, it's not days on end that I need. Honestly, it's just, it's just a night where if I allow myself to, I put my phone away. <laughs> and, and really, it's the if I allow myself to. Or my partner has to, has to take my phone. Hopefully, there's no service 
because I have too many gadgets that, <laughs> that plugs me back in. But for, yeah, for the most part, I, it's, it's just to unplug. And I, I, work in, I work in ways of either, all right, if I get to this month and we've accomplished this, all right, take a day. You know, I have a, a fight camp thing, no plug for fight camp, but uh, it's like Peloton for, for boxing. I just go in on that real quick and, all right, I'm back in it, back in the game. So I put myself back in the game and keep keep going, basically. So moving into a little bit more of NABPT, but just for, you know, our listeners who may not know what that is, that's National Association of Black Physical Therapists. I think that there are a lot of people who just like in terms of entrepreneurship and just in terms of wanting to build something, they think a lot about what it could look like. Like, this is what it could look like if I decided to start this organization. This is what it could be if I decided to pursue starting a nonprofit. But I think a lot of times people don't execute because they don't have the right steps they don't have the right people in their corner so kind of talk to us a little bit about how in the process of being able to form this you were able to make sure you had the right counsel around you and also talk about how not only having that counsel helped you with forming it but it helps you with being able to keep your ego in check as well so that you all could work towards that one collective goal. Well, for one, I have a great uh, support system and even going through this building, building process, I've had the pleasure of, of knowing like as far as my attorney that does like the background work and whatnot, we've known each other since ninth grade. He was like, you're, you're doing something? I'm like, yeah. Can you help me out? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's talk it out. And then I feel like, for one, I am blessed in many, many ways. And, and blessed in having the community that I have is honestly the only way I was able to do this. The resources that I have is the only way I was able to get this done, for the most part, without having to put up too much money. Because I, the the schools that most of these people have gone to, and I can see the the attorney bills like just piling up. I'm like that's more than my school's worth right now. So I'm <laughs> how much they've helped me for the most part. So definitely have to shout out to he's like my brother, Christopher Cottrell, a Penn grad, and then also my my dearest football friend, one of my dearest football friends, um, Ajua also a Yale grad. So I'm like, all right, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your extra time because you're not doing this through through any billing services. And absolutely, my co-founders has hold, held me down for however long we've had these ideas because I'll go with the ideas, say, all right, why don't we do this? Let's do this. Let's do this. And she's the one that says, okay, hold on. Let's organize your thoughts. <laughs> um, and I think we should start this way so we won't step over anybody's toes. Let's approach these people so we won't, you know, go and see any crossfire. And so that's been helpful because I'm, I'm one of those, all right, let's, let's, let's be a radical person. Let's get this out because I feel it's needed. And it's needed in a different way of 
touching the masses. No bureaucracy, let's touch everybody. First of all, shout out to you and your team. You know, I, I do 100% agree for a lot of listeners, you know, if you're listening to this, like, I don't want that point to just pass over. You know, the old saying, you know, if you wanna go fast, go alone, but if you wanna go far, go together. And I think being able to have that solid, like, squad around you that can keep you like I'm just like you there's I'm lucky to have Carl because I'll have like 10,000 ideas at once and he'll just be like <laughs> you know just look at me like all right I, I, I know that look <laughs> and usually you know I usually I don't know if I hit something until he's like now nah, that's a money idea as soon as yes. I hit that I'm like okay right on this Yes. <laughs> no, but, but I just say that to just be like, you know, listeners, take note of that and understand that finding, finding that crew, finding that squad that can keep you accountable, that can keep you focused, that can get you to do the things. And then also I love, I love that you mentioned like in your circle, you have people that can do specific things, right? I think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to just replicate themselves five times and then just be like, that's my crew. Well, guess what? Actually, I read it in this book, 12 Months to a Millionaire. And he actually says something important. He's like, when you have a team, you have a partnership. He said, if you have two people that bring the exact same characteristics to, to your business, to your organization, then one of you guys is useless, right? You know, I read that and I was just like, that, that's real. So just hearing how you got the different people from different places that, that bring the different things and y'all just mold and grow, that's powerful. Just because I'm pretty sure a few of our listeners, including me, are curious, you know, what what a day in the life of Dr. Remy. Oh, I say the whole thing every time. <laughs> you gotta say the, the whole thing every time, right? <laughs> I gotta say the whole thing. What, what a day in the life of Dr. Remy. Oh, improving PT and, and doing the NABPT. What that looks like. Just kind of run us through just so it can- I'm gonna, run, run you through a whole day. Usually wake up probably five-ish, either at exercise or just decompress by myself. Have to take the dogs out. Two dogs, two little dogs. They remind me I have to get up actually on a daily basis at five o'clock. Uh, <laughs> then after that, I it at least for 30, 30, 40 minutes, just sitting around doing nothing, having having my talks with myself. If there are days that I'm not doing training on the side, because I do do a lot of things on the side as well. So I uh, just picked up doing like personal training for people that have had injuries. So if I'm doing that, it's it's a five o'clock, six o'clock, I'm training to seven and going to work. But if I'm not, it's five o'clock, five thirty, five forty, either exercise five thirty, five forty. After that, it's hit the phone, check, check all the messages. Check messages from either the Texas board, our board, the Georgia board, anything I have access to, I'm checking. Then it goes to work emails. I'll do my work emails, set up my day as far as like seeing my patients, um, how I'm going to navigate that. In between that, when there's like transfer trainers, I'm, I'm also doing social media. I uh, hit up my social media crew, which I have a, a big list of, of social media people. But two main ones and have to shout them out too because that's, I don't do flyers. I don't do flyers. I hardly do captions. I tell them, all right, this is what I'm seeing in my head put it down and they always show up so big shout out to Brianna but she's a student a PT student um and then another one uh, Dr. Rihanna Green she's in DC working her tail off as usual 
doing the most and affecting that community in DC. So that's great. But then from there, we put it into the social media group. And then from there, it I, I just see it see it go all over the place. Um, and I monitor that. I see if we're, we're reaching the crowd, the audience that we want to reach. Responding to any of the people who already have mentees, the whole crew of mentees, and I make sure I, I check in with. But I make sure I'm available for the most part in a lot of ways. I make sure I'm available for, for the masses to, to be able to get to me ask those questions, and then when I get home, it's turn off time, hopefully, to try. <laughs> Many of conversations with partners saying, can you please just pay attention? I don't feel like asking you questions, the same question over and over again. So try to avoid that on a daily basis. And then just chill out and sleep. Do it again. Press repeat. What would you say has, because that schedule is phenomenal, by the way. I like the way you actually said something that I've been trying to implement into my day. Cause it used to be the whole, you know, wake up, pick up the phone, mm-hmm. you know, all this. And, you know, part of it, I was just like, well, Paul, you know, you got to open the phone, do your devotion. I was like, oh, good. You're going to just think about it. So I was like, whatever. And then I'd notice as soon as I did it, like, boom, next Instagram, checking the Instagram, checking the Facebook, checking emails. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you mentioned like, yo, you wake up, you exercise and you actually sit right? And, and, and it's that moment of silence, man, that I think a lot of people are missing. Because once your day gets started, your day gets started. started. <laughs> from the moment you leave that front door. Correction, anything can happen from the moment you pick up your phone. Yes, exactly. The phone. <laughs> the phone. And I just love the fact that you intentionally spend some time with you before you give to everybody else. You know, so the practice of that, I observe Ramadan. No, I'm not a Muslim, but I definitely observe it because I believe in the discipline of, um, and you know, we just came off it from April to May. So I observe it because of the discipline that one, when, when the sun, before the sun comes up, have that time to, to be at peace. They pray, but like I said, I'm just observing. So I, I take that time to, to meditate. It's taken me some time to actually get into a habit. So I've been doing it for three years. Father was, was a Muslim, but he was converted when he came over to the States. But I take that as a piece of me understanding where I've come from, where my parents have come from. But then also take that discipline that they have for, for meditation and praying to, to Allah. And, and going that direction to make sure I'm at peace with myself too when I go through the day. So first off, no, that that really is amazing because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, myself included, I feel like there was a huge point in my life where literally wake up, all right, where's my phone? You know, like that's the first thing mm-hmm. that, that I'm looking for. And I've had to become more mindful of putting my phone somewhere that it's not easily accessible or not running to get my phone the first thing as soon as I wake up and spending some time, you know, just, just meditating, praying, talking to God, getting, getting myself right before I get ready to start the day. And me and Paul did, we had a, a, a guest quite a couple episodes ago, and he talked about the notion of 
being able to wake up in the morning and realize that you have to equip yourself for the day because every day is a battle. And I think that interaction that we had with him kind of changed the way I viewed how I woke up in the morning because it was no longer like me getting up and making excuses as to why I need to go on Twitter or why I need to go on Instagram, whatever the case may be first and why it's more important in the long run. And for my day, if I started my day in a way that prepared me to overcome whatever mental obstacle, whatever turmoil could come my way throughout the day. So I think it's just, it's always amazing. And I'll speak for myself because I don't want to speak for Paul, but it's always amazing on, it's always amazing on the podcast when we're able to connect with people and you see things come full circle. You see success leaves clues. When you have multiple people who are successful and, and who are doing amazing things tell you in the morning, I spend time meditating or in the morning, I spend time praying or in the morning, I don't do anything. I spend time with myself and that's my time to think. That's my time to reflect. It makes you realize how you start your day is everything. And so I think that that was, that was one of those gems in this episode that I hope a lot of our, our listeners realize is that you have to be able to start your day in a way that sets you up for success. So I'm so, I'm just so grateful that you, you said that because it's like, it, it's coming full circle, you know? So my next question I have for you is in terms of the organization, in terms of building that, and just like in terms of the future, what is it that you envision it will look like in the next five to 10 years? Like, like what is that goal that you're working towards in terms of the organization? Well, definitely from one is being out more in the community as far as like movement, exercise, mitigating pain through PT and focus, of course, because National Associated Black Physical Therapy in the Black community. Now, is in, in the way I'm saying, as far as making sure that you produce more of us, more PTs that are Black, that are going back to their community, you know, because we're all rooted in, in, a, in a Black community per se, right? And in that, we can navigate through making sure, hey, we, we know what PT is, first of all. We know what the profession is, second of all. And if we know what the, the profession is, that means more people will understand, like, hey, this is an option for school, right? It's, it's a career that is definitely that I want to I help people thing. You actually really help people. <laughs> you actually really help people, and, and not to take away from any health career, but it's it's one of the, it's one of the careers that that definitely you have a longer lasting relationship with people because you become intimate in a sense of knowing kind of what their day to day process is, understanding like the nuances of even just you know going out and playing a sport. Or what happens when a caregiver is not able to do, you know, certain, a certain task for, for the, the client patient. So I imagine, circle back, is improving healthcare in our community, whether it being the knowledge and having more advocates for, for clients and patients to understand the healthcare system 
because we do have to sit down a longer time for people and, and explain why are you paying this copay or um, why this is this is a relevant thing, even though you feel like you do this on a daily basis. Well, yes, but trying to correct how you do this on a daily basis. And then and then improving, of course, how our our boards look, how APTA looks as a governing body, making sure our voices are heard in, in that way, making sure our, our, we're getting back into academia because I know that's something that we're not really in. So making sure we're, we're represented in academia as well to, again, make sure there's retention of, you know, black and brown faces. Now, I'm sure that with forming the organization, you know, there's, there's always highs. And of course, if there's highs, there has to be lows. Right. So just in terms of forming the organization and laying the groundwork and everything for it, what do you think was the hardest pill you had to swallow? And what would you say was the biggest barrier you had to overcome in order to make sure that the organization could be founded? That people saw the mission. Yeah, people people saw the mission, understood the mission. If people don't understand or have the buy-in, it doesn't go anywhere. You know? Um, so that for the most part, um, especially not necessarily knowing what we're doing at the beginning, <laughs> but telling all these people, hey, we have this great idea, this, this great organization that will help the masses uh, of the community. Um, yeah, that was hard. That was hard, but we able to continue to forge in that team, that we have an executive board that believes in it and has a buy-in to, to develop where we are. And it's ongoing but you got to keep going, right? So you got to make sure the buy-in is continuous, right? So that as far as my co-founder and I, we're kind of like coaches, like going back to the drawing board, all right? This is, these are the players that we have in, in play. Let's see if we can make sure we're, we're making them reach their full potential of what, we're, what the mission is and making sure they're not working too hard because we don't want that, you know? We don't want you to go above and beyond. That's what we're here for. That's what we, we de- we've decided full-heartedly that's what we're going to do as far as being co-founders. And, of course, between the two of us as well, we're like, ah, you need a day off, you need a week off, all right, I'll pick it up. <laughs> I'll pick it up for you and, and vice versa. So, yeah, the, the lows is making sure that everybody is on board, sees the mission, and making sure I'm a co-founder, I make sure the players are playing in the right position and at the right time. Leadership is a trip. Can I ask, as a leader, when you find yourself in a position where you might even feel like you know best in a situation, but I don't know, you know, if you do this, but you maybe also use it. Because I know there's a few people who like, they know the answer, but if they're a leader, they, they sometimes want the people that are working with them to like arrive at the conclusion on their own. So how do you deal with um, kind of having other people also feel like you're not micromanaging them and allow them to grow while still, you know, kind of not being like a helicopter leader? I don't think I could be that if I wanted to. 
yeah, I don't I don't think I could be there if I wanted to. Cause I I'm just I just have a laid back approach about her. And ask questions of you know the people that are looking to me to lead because I don't I want I want them to emerge as leaders as well right I don't mind following oh you have an idea let's roll with it and this is as long as it's aligning with what we're trying to get accomplished let's do it I found myself to be that person a lot even through sports even growing up you just sit back I might be a captain but if if I'm not able to to be again in the right position at the right time, then if you are able to, let's 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 get it done. Let's get it done. So I yeah, I, I can't find myself to be a, a micromanager. I just don't one, I don't have the time to. So how do you help somebody grow them? Right? Because when I look at leadership, I look at like either somebody has to evolve into like the world's greatest coach really fast. Or you have to set like specific, we call them standards, goals, expectations, whatever. So how do you help people grow um, as they're working with you in in your organization? Conversations. Lots of conversations. A lot of thinking pieces. And I think for the most part, in the environment that I grew up in, is how I've grown to be where I am. And there are just a whole bunch of smart people and from and reading a whole bunch of different things. And it's like, you gotta be thinking all the time. So I have a situation for a lot of things, you know, uh, that could go much differently than the, than the other person can, can, well, feel like they're in the situation that they're in. Right. And a lot of times just sit down, sit down and observe. And you can say one thing that can change their whole perspective about how they're approaching something even challenging people to to read a book or a certain passage and we'll talk about it and how I develop my thought process of you know the um comprehending what the passage is to to their comprehension that changes things that's a different think piece so really it's just thinking you really just want to get get people to start thinking in many different ways all right. And eventually they're finding their way into, oh, okay, I can do this too. That confidence. I can do this too. You just need people to believe that they can do something. That's why leaders sometimes, if, if, they, if they haven't been chosen as a leader, a lot of times it's just because they don't think they can do it. And then sometimes it's not meant for them either. I want to ask, and this will be my last question, but if you could give any advice to someone who's listening to this and they've heard the concept of, you know, NABPT, they've heard what the organization is and they have an idea too of something that they want to build, something that they, you know, want to bring into fruition as well that they've been thinking about for the longest time what would be the top three things that you would tell them in terms of being able to get started and being able to build that brand? Well, for one start, <laughs> but I mean, like you all asked the question and it was like, where, where do you see it? Where do you see it going? What's the bigger grand scheme of things? If, if it's a small scheme, then 
knowingly go into it knowing it's a small screen, all right? Because success looks different. That's, that's, that's first and foremost. Like, success looks different. How do you perceive the success when you get to that point, all right? And then from there, can you build off of that as far as branding? Can you build to, to meet the needs of the audience that you're trying to meet? And then three, don't be, don't be scared to go out on a limb. Have fun with the limbs. They're branches. They're branches that are flexible. I'm sure some of us got whipped by those flexible branches. So <laughs> pick, pick your best one, right? But then, but then get back to it. Get back to it. There's, there's nothing wrong with because I don't, I don't think there's failing. There's, there's mistakes. There's missteps. There's bumps and roads. There's different paths. It's not how, depending on what it is, it's not how, um, it's not how fast you do it. It's how well you do it. Okay, you caught me. I was writing some notes. She's just been dropping gems. So I'm over here like. <laughs> we can keep talking. I have I have time. I put myself to like eight twenty, so I'm good. Okay, I was just here like I need to get it all. I think if I had to ask the last question, it, it would be this. And I ask this just with the knowledge, you know, one of the things I try to keep in mind continuously, and I know a lot of leaders do keep it in mind is just like the future generation, you know, those that are coming after us. Um, I love everything you're doing because, like you said, one, we need to have more Black physical therapists going into communities where they can represent the people they're serving. And, and more so, I think there's so many so many kids, right, that might not even know. I didn't even know about PT until I got to college. So just let that sit. 18 whole years before I realized physical therapy was an actual thing. And so I know, like, there's a lot of people that are listening to this. They might know their little brothers and sisters. Shout out to our listeners. Somebody who looks up to you and says, you know, I want to be like her one day. What are you saying to that kid? What are you saying to that aspiring owner? What are you saying to maybe one day, 30, 40, 50 years from now, somebody comes to you and says, I want to be able to carry on the torch of the NABPT. What are you saying to them now to encourage them and then to help them get ready to be in a position such as that? Well, I understand the global mission of what, you know, for organization-wise, what, what does that mean? And how can you have and not feel that you need a, to be like me, per se, but be like yourself and carry your way of having autonomy over a global mission, right? Because going back to, you know, the whole leading question is if, you know, a person doesn't like what they're doing, they're not going to do it. And they're not going to do it well, right? That's first and foremost. Just like if you didn't necessarily like a teacher, (laughs) you're not necessarily going to listen to that teacher (laughs) and take it in, all right? My, my both my parents are teachers and, and they already know all oh, like this kid does not like it. So they gotta find a way, right? But that's but that's the same thing. If if you if you want to get into a position of any leadership position, you know, you, you gotta figure out how you can lead and, and how you can optimize yourself and making sure you know your strengths and your weaknesses and ask for help. <laughs> 
ask for help. Help is fine. Help is great. Help lets you relax in the morning. You know, <laughs> you know. So just be mindful of all of that. But as yeah, as far as organization, it, it is about you know the the whole person. It's, it's wanting to treat the person holistically, from whatever background you are, you're in, you're coming from. We're trying to plug in pieces, strong pieces. The foundations is still building right now. So when chapter when you see chapters coming up, it's like all right. We want that chapter to build. One, we want you to have that network. We want you to have that network to make sure you amplify each other wherever you are, amplify your voices, even if they are perceived as small. Well, we come in numbers. You know, you're, you're not going into a classroom by yourself if you're a member. You're not going, and even if you're not a member, it doesn't matter. You know, if if at the mission, at the end of the day, your mission is to become a PT, a successful black PT. We have your back. And the, and that's really what NABPT is. And again, it's from financially understanding those student loans, trying to open your own business, navigating your way through. We are in a predominantly uh, Caucasian field, navigating through that and understanding even why you have to go smile on a daily basis to make sure you have your patients like you because you're trying to get them to, to <laughs> try to lead them into a, a, a function. But knowing you have places or people to talk to when everything else is going on in your world too, from your losses to losses that we keep seeing, understanding where your mind is, where your thoughts are, where, spiritually where you are. We're trying to encompass all of that. Mic drop. We don't even need to keep going. That was <laughs> mic drop mentorship right there. Like that. Now that was, I think it's just for me, it's just amazing because the conversation has been had so many times amongst other black peers and classmates about how we're underrepresented, how we are in a field where we don't get the acknowledgement and we don't get the recognition that we should be getting. And so I think that it's incredible what you've built. I think it's incredible what y'all are continuing to do. And I got my membership. Disclaimer. There we go. Disclaimer, <laughs> you know, Sh shameless plug. If you listen to this, go get your membership. $25 right now for students. I really appreciate it because it's good knowing that we have somewhere that we can go to if we need that resource. And as you said, there's strength in numbers. And I think that that's why it's so important, especially for this day and age, for us to be able to be in these types of organizations together and for us to be able to take advantage of it to network because you never know how you can help the next person and vice versa. So um, let me just say that I am, I am grateful to you and for you for creating this. And I'm just looking forward to, to see what it looks like. I know it's, I know y'all are just going to keep growing and it's going to be beautiful to watch, you know, but seriously, thank you for that. Thank you for providing a safe space for us. And also, thank you for coming on the podcast because, I mean, you're busy, you know, so we appreciate that. It really was a pleasure. So thank you. No problem. No problem.
before we let you go, for anyone who is listening to this for the first time uh, or being exposed to you for the first time and what NABPT is, what are some ways that they can get in contact with you? What are some social media handles or contact information that you would like to leave with them? Well, all, I think Twitter and Instagram, it is NABPT underscore. Uh, Facebook, it's National Association of Black Physical Therapists, spelled out. LinkedIn, same thing. I'll be honest, I don't check that one as much. <laughs> I don't even think I have my personal ones. So that's all bad. So, but don't do that, listeners. <laughs> don't do that. Put yourself on there. Put your resume. Get it done. Yeah, so that's for the most part, yeah, NABPT underscore Instagram, Twitter. If email, it's info.nabpt at gmail.com. Um Anything else? No, I think I think that's about it. Oh, and then the website is www.napt.org. Uh, we have a lot of people that are behind all of this, so I definitely want to show much appreciation to to my board as well. Um, and you've had two of them on your show. That's and that's great. <laughs> as far as Tavana, Amber, Dr. Amber Brown have Dr. Kelsey Mims. She's actually my boss at my job. My, <laughs> uh, Dr. Michael Robinson, Dr. Sarah Pullen, and some of my background advisories, Catherine Sylvester, Taylor Atkins, Dr. Goins, Crystal Mine, Hines. And yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about it. So I appreciate you all, first of all, and what y'all are doing editing not my thing so kudos to your team <laughs> that's, that's behind you <laughs> and to both y'all for for doing what you all do but and then also thank you for the membership your membership means a lot financially it means a lot as well because you'll definitely see a lot of um, scholarships that are coming in in the next the next year they're going to be really big shout out to dr hutton for starting this off with a ten thousand dollar donation so expect a lot and for the most part we're going to hold our peers accountable for what they teach and try to shift beliefs and make sure it's safer for us in the classroom they go out into the streets they are people of the streets. So we're going to try to make sure that they are, they are here to pretty much bear arms with us. Perfect. Perfect. Again, we appreciate you. It was a tremendous pleasure and um, you always got us in your corner. So just know you always got OTC support. So uh, oh, yeah. don't I definitely shout y'all out. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So to our yeah. listeners, We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. As always, you could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be right here listening to us. If you got value out of this episode, subscribe, share, comment, leave us a review. We love hearing from you guys. Um, But until next time, peace and many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word-of-mouth marketing by growing their brand 
with an online store, Physio Memes. This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com. When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.